1: It's Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, a dive into the design behind Spotify Wrapped and some of the new features this year, including the myers Briggsification of your personal listening data. Plus, the baguette was just granted UNESCO World Heritage status. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. If you opened Spotify today, or have been on social media, or are a part of any group chats, you'll know that Spotify Wrapped dropped today. Spotify Wrapped is the annual data dump that lets users know which songs, artists, and genres they listened to the most over the past year. There's also other data visualized in twee graphics, like how many minutes you listened to particular artists or overall on the platform for the year. And each year brings slightly different analyses. Like this year, they said which hyper-specific moods or genres you listened to each time of the day. So mine Reported that I start the mornings with cozy, easygoing mellow, and that I later seize the day with chill angst mellow. I guess I'm just a really mellow guy. Spotify knows what they're doing with Spotify Wrapped. Most of us can't resist getting a personalized report about our behavior. It's fun to show off that you were in the top 0.5% of listeners for a particular artist. Or maybe your Spotify Wrapped was somehow completely embarrassing or slightly inaccurate thanks to that one week that you listened to Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill non-stop. In my case, all five of my top songs of the year were from this past April when I didn't stop listening to a sad boy folk rock playlist I put together after watching Our Flag Means Death. Whether you agree with the results, want to make fun of them, or want to show off your superior music taste, it's tough to resist sharing them. And even though most people agree that they see way too much of random people's Spotify rap results on social media this time of year, most people do also enjoy seeing their close friends' results. So no matter how much we may grumble, our behavior is exactly what Spotify wants of us. And even though we know all of this information is an admission of just how much data the platform is constantly collecting from us, and even though we may know Spotify isn't a great app to be using at all if you want to support musicians, many of us can't help checking out our Spotify Wrapped and sharing the results. Noting how much people were screenshotting those results years back, Spotify has since designed Spotify Wrapped in story form, with an option to download or directly share each story card to social media. It's all designed picture-perfect to look instantly recognizable as coming from Spotify Wrapped while still being unique to all of your own stats. Ahead of this year's release, Matt Alagaya at It's Nice That spoke with the design team behind Spotify Wrapped about how they came up with the design theme for this year and what it actually takes to execute the graphics each year. Now, especially if you haven't already viewed your own or someone else's Spotify-wrapped results yet this year, it's worth clicking the It's Nice That link in the show notes to get an idea of the design visuals for the campaign this year. Some people have been calling it kaleidoscopic. It's lots of bold colors—yellows, blacks, purples, oranges, greens—and sharp edges. Lots of interlocking shapes, both in the static and animated versions. These shapes that frame the data visualization, like creating a frame around album art or dividing the screen into multiple sections, are referred to by the design team as monograms. And the vast diversity of shapes and color combinations in the monograms—squares, spikes, soft, round, sharp—were meant to be a visual reference to the diversity and variety in people's listening habits, the team told Alagaya. Spotify's global head of brand design, Rasmus Wangelin, said, quote, Since the pandemic, we've all started to embrace much more individuality. No one knows what's cool anymore. It's so subjective now. And we see that in how people are experiencing music and podcasts. You might listen to the friendliest pop music and then pivot to murder podcasts. Or you listen to 90s emo rock in the gym and then go home and listen to jazz while you cook. End quote. So the name of the campaign, at least in terms of design, this year was self-expression and play. The play part of that is really evident in the animated versions of the cards, which you see when you tap through the Spotify-wrapped story on your mobile device, but not as much in the static cards that get shared on social media— For the motion design, Wengelin says he wanted every individual layer within each unique monogram to have its own personality and behavior. Yet at the same time, they needed to sit together in harmony, he said. And the whole design has to work on all different mobile devices—it was not available on desktop this year—as well as on billboards and other out-of-home advertising, and in multiple languages around the globe— Since it officially became Spotify wrapped in 2016, having been branded simply as year in review for three years prior, it's become one of the most widely shared marketing campaigns globally. So there are a ton of technical and logistical details that have to be considered when landing on a design. Wangelin told Aligaya, quote, We create this massive creative toolkit that needs to go out to all of the markets. It's around 250 pages of descriptions of how to use the design system. So we're thinking about wrapped in late spring or early summer, and then it's a sprint. Timing is tight, and we work really fast, really hard. End quote. The ultimate goal with all of this hard work and intricate design is getting Spotify wrapped shared more than ever before, which is Wanglin's favorite part. He says he loves when Spotify wrapped takes on a life of its own with jokes and memes proliferating online, both before and during the campaign going live each year. In particular, he likes when brands make fake versions of the wrapped cards. Like today, I saw Netflix tweeted a fake version of a wrapped card as if they had spent 11,000 minutes listening to Kate Bush this year. Or at least I think that's what they meant. Their fake card actually had a typo, so the number was 11,1111. And given it was a Stranger Things-themed post, I'm actually not sure if that was a simple typo or some sort of Easter egg. But, anyways, I sometimes wonder what the big corporations think when other big corporations riff on their designs. So it was cool to hear that Wanglin at least views it as a compliment, or at least the point of this user-centric campaign. He told Aligaya, quote, it starts taking on a life of its own when everyone starts playing around with it, whether it's sharing their data or creating memes or whatever it might be. We don't even know how it's going to unfold, so we just sit back and smile. End quote. And in addition to the killer design from Wanglin's team, Spotify Wrapped this year also added in a new feature music personalities. It's the Myers Briggsification of streaming music. Spotify created four metrics, just like in Myers Briggs, but instead of in ENFJ or ISTP, with Spotify's music personalities, you might be in FLTC or an. ENVU, like me. The metrics are familiarity versus exploration, timelessness versus newness, loyalty versus variety, and commonality versus uniqueness. So apparently I'm into exploration, newness, variety, and uniqueness, which makes me an adventurer. Other personality types based on the four metrics include the connoisseur, the enthusiast, the jukeboxer, the maverick, and more for a total of 16 different music personality types. Like everything else with Spotify Wrapped, this was an incredibly clever move in terms of human behavior. I haven't seen people sharing the music personality types as much as their other data points just yet, but a lot of people love being categorized. Zodiacs, Enneagrams, stupid online quiz results. Even when we don't believe it or agree with the results, something in our simultaneously tribal and individualistic nature makes us want to know and share that information. And while I feel like most of us moderately enjoy Spotify wrapped through a decent lens of skepticism, some people are very anti-Spotify wrapped, or at least as it's grown over the years. Justin Curto at Vulture calls the whole thing, quote, unnecessarily bloated. He continues, quote, it all started even before Rapt's release, with anticipation rivaling a top tier album drop. Spotify updated listeners after rumors about when tracking would end, but things really got out of hand when Spotify dropped Rapt today. Yes, the time based listening characteristics were pretty run of the mill, even if you're left wondering what the hell cottage core pumpkin spice bittersweet means. But you'll notice later into Wrapped that Spotify redid the Myers-Briggs test to be about your listening habits. Like the test, the results are little more than alphabet soup. As if that's all not enough for you, here's one more big number. Spotify got 40,000 artists to record video messages for this year's Wrapped to thank fans. Sweet, sure, but a bit much compared to the 100 videos the company had last year. Even off Spotify, Wrapped is inescapable. Apple Music gave its replay feature a facelift this year, garnering some good reviews in the process, and smartly, launching a day before Wrapped took over the discourse, so did YouTube Music. Bet you didn't even know YouTube Music had a wrap-up, with a campaign that even features its own versions of Spotify's listening personalities. Those competing forces will only make Spotify go bigger and sillier next year, locking us into some sort of Wrapped arms race till the end of time end quote. Decent points, especially about how competition from other music streaming platforms could affect things down the line. For now, Spotify remains the most popular music streaming platform in the world, which means they have substantially more data to play with and visualize than the other platforms. Which is important, because as personalized as most of Spotify Wrapped is, it's not all about each of our own listening habits. It's also the time of year in which Spotify announces the most streamed artists and songs overall which this year, for the third year in a row, was Bad Bunny for artist, and then Harry Styles' As It Was was the most streamed song of 2022. You can also see breakdowns by genre, country, and more on Spotify itself. And for now at least, being the number one most streamed artist on Spotify really means something. And hey, by the way, if Cool Stuff Right Home was in your top podcasts on Spotify Wrapped or any other platform this year, let me know. It's always very cool seeing those things this time of year. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua.
0: We're proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live, Boligua.
1: Every second in France, 320 baguettes are being eaten in one form or another. That's about half a baguette per person per day, 16 million produced in total each day, 10 billion consumed every year. And yet, the baguette is actually in decline— from 1970 until now, about 400 artisanal bakeries have closed each year, with the total number dropping from 55,000 to 35,000. Quoting Le Monde, the decline is due to the spread of industrial bakeries and out of town supermarkets in rural areas, while urbanites increasingly opt for sourdough and swap their jambon beurre or ham baguette with butter sandwich for burgers. End quote. More so than the number of baguettes going down, locals say the quality is depleting— Quoting the Associated Press, It's very easy to get bad baguette in France. It's the traditional baguette from the traditional bakery that's in danger. It's about quality, not quantity, says one Paris resident, Marine Fourchier, 52. In January, French supermarket chain Leclerc was criticized by traditional bakers and farmers for its much-publicized 29-cent baguette, accused of sacrificing the quality of the famed 65-centimeter loaf. A baguette normally costs just over 90 euro cents, or just over a dollar, seen by some as an index on the health of the French economy, end quote. So to secure the baguette's place in their culture and honor the skill of artisanal bakers, the baguette has officially been granted UNESCO World Heritage status. It's been added to the UN's list of intangible cultural heritage, alongside other 2022 additions like the Hungarian string band tradition, manual bell ringing in Spain, and Holy Week in Guatemala. A counterpart to UNESCO's World Heritage sites, the intangible cultural heritage list represents traditions or expressions such as oral traditions, performing arts, festivals, rituals, knowledges, and practices, etc. Being put on the list presents the opportunity for the corresponding state to receive a grant to help safeguard the element in question, and UNESCO also checks in every several years to see what progress has been made in safeguarding the element. Similar to the World Heritage sites, the idea is basically that it's been decided that this is something worth preserving culturally, and so steps will be taken to ensure that. Citing the decline of the baguette, France had applied for heritage status in 2021. And upon being granted the status today, President Emmanuel Macron called the baguette, quote, 250 grams of magic and perfection in our daily lives, end quote. And in case you're curious how the baguette came to rule the land in France, its reign is actually relatively recent. Quoting again from Le Monde, Initially, the baguette was considered a luxury product. The working class ate rustic bread that kept better said Loic Bienassis of the European Institute of Food History and Cultures, who helped prepare the UNESCO dossier. Then consumption became widespread and the countryside was won over by baguettes in the 1960s and 1970s, he said. And continuing from Le Monde, its earlier history is rather uncertain. Some say long loaves were already common in the 18th century, others that it took the introduction of steam ovens by Austrian baker August Zeng in the 1830s for its modern incarnation to take shape. One popular tale is that Napoleon ordered bread to be made in thin sticks that could more easily be carried by soldiers. Another links baguettes to the construction of the Paris Metro in the late 19th century and the idea that they were easier to tear up and share, avoiding arguments between the workers and the need for knives, end quote. However, it was first invented and popularized, the baguette really became popular in the 1920s when, as the Associated Press recounts, a French law was instituted that prevented bakers from working before 4 a.m. With a long, thin shape, the baguette was able to be cooked quite quickly, so it was the only bread that bakers were able to cook between 4 a.m. and breakfast time. It was also around then that the baguette got its official name, based on another law which specified it's its minimum weight and length, 80 grams and 40 centimeters, or about three ounces and about 16 inches. And by the way, in case you're curious, I'll put a link to the full list of intangible cultural heritage elements in the show notes. It's pretty fun to scroll through and see what's on there. Each element also has an accompanying article and video so you can learn more about it. There are not, however, any listings from the United States or the United Kingdom, for that matter, perhaps because our histories have often involved erasing other people's heritages, or we just haven't gotten around to campaigning for things like double cheeseburgers and gridiron football to be added to the list. Well, after mentioning the poster yesterday, the trailer for the upcoming Elizabeth Banks film Cocaine Bear has since dropped and it's a doozy. It's definitely a comedy, but a gory one. The trailer is jam-packed with F-bombs and dismemberment. Link in the show notes if you want to check it out yourself. Just uh, make sure you put headphones on if you're at work or around children. But that is it from me for today. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.